By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 90 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is hour number one. Hour number two will come out Wednesday morning, 4.20 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. My name is Dean Millard and on this show it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And there is certainly one way that I think is a little bit different than a lot of other podcasts you may be listening to or watching and that's how we start things off by asking you, What's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Quite a great, long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I ask, what's your groove, if you're new to the show, uh, you're probably wondering, what the heck is he talking about? I'm wondering that uh, while you're listening to this, if you are grooving with anything cannabis-wise, I'd love to hear about it, whether it's a joint, a bong, a pipe, a vape. You heard that in the background. That's the Volcano Hybrid. Uh, I call mine Supernova. As I'm firing up a uh, big bag of weed, uh, and I am uh, grooving with Northern Berry from Up Cannabis. I loved it when uh, all their cultivars were named after uh, tragically hip songs or in conjunction with them. Uh, but this is a pretty classic one, Northern Lights, legendary cultivar, probably on that Mount Rushmore of, um, or at least in the uh, in the running on the Mount Rushmore of uh, most influential cannabis cultivars and blueberry. Uh, and if you know anything about me, you know I'm a big Blue Dream guy, which is blueberry and haze. Uh, so I'm I'm liking this indica, and uh, I'm wrapping my day up after I finish this recording. So it's a good time to have this as I uh, get my big old bag of weed ready to go. I love the flavor uh, with uh, blueberry, which is why Blue Dream is uh, one of the uh, go-tos. Also, the uh, caryophylline. Uh, there's some some really, really good terpenes in some strains, uh, cultivars that I've been getting lately that I'm uh, you know trying to just make better use of uh, when it comes to uh, a few things, particularly my uh, mental health uh, to help with uh, 
some uh, cannabis uh, to, or to help uh, uh, with the cannabis and a few other things that I have going. And just makes me feel a whole lot better to, you know, really trying to do a little bit more research and take advantage of, um, you know, the knowledge uh, that I gain on this show uh, to be a really fine tune uh, my uh, cannabis use. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley from The OZ, as usual, joins me for this week in cannabis news. We had some fun last week on uh, The Vibe. Uh, on Relevant uh, for the Cannabis 101 with a live audio chat. We're going to have another one this Thursday uh, with our guest tomorrow, Dan Shapiro from Green Lane in the United States. Uh, So David's going to join us today, and we're going to chat about a Harvard pot study for chronic pain. This is really good news. Also, Canopy Growth expands. uh, An odd couple cannabis group in the U.S. and uh, THC impairment, another study about that, which is... That is such a gray area right now uh, because THC is so different, um, you know, when it comes to uh, measuring just, you know, how impaired a person is, you know, people process and and are affected by THC in such different ways. So very interesting uh, to to see what you all think of uh, that story as it's coming up later. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. is also going to drop by for the business of cannabis. Uh, The lead is going to feature some new dirty words. Unfortunately, there are words that uh, banks and some other different, uh, I guess, investment uh, type uh, companies just don't want to hear. And that's unfortunate. Cody Peterson is the game changer. And uh, we're talking certified organic in what it means to be green. Uh, Our cannabis question is about vaping. Our cannabis character is from the movie Half-Baked, and our weed words of the day will have something to do with Keef and the plant. We will also tell you how you can get in on the Weed Weekly and get with our uh, and win a giveaway, where we have a giveaway, rather, every Friday. All right, uh, let's get now to the cannabis question. It's prize time. (laughs) Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a grape, wong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. All right, so the question is, what is your favorite vape accessory? So that's maybe uh, a pen, um, a battery, uh, depending on uh, what system you have. Um, There could be a lot of things. There's a lot of things. There's some great flower vapes out there as well. Um, I am uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one because I love my slash for the concentrates. But I also love the uh, the Pax Era with those pods that just uh, slip in there. And I'm really looking at uh, uh, getting something else from their line that I can do flower and uh, vape with as well. So um, uh, that that's kind of what I'm going with is uh, there I got the Slash right there. Uh, and I got the uh, Pax Era, uh, the pods. Uh, it is, this is such an easy, if you've never seen if you missed our interview with Sean King, uh, it just pops right out and then boom goes in there if you have an android phone you can actually use this app 
uh, Apple, unfortunately, does not uh, allow um, app use uh, for any vapes. And then here's the slash. If you're new to the show, uh, the built-in loader, just like that. Uh, it is a wonderful tool. If you're just getting into dabbing, or even if you're experienced, you just don't want to use your torch anymore, or you want something portable, this is the bomb. It's awesome. I really, really love uh, the slash. So hit me up uh, on uh, any of our uh, social media feeds, the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, Cannabis 101 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. What is your favorite vape accessory? And anytime you chime in on the show, we are going to give you a chance to win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Just delivered one on the weekend uh, to a gentleman in the Edmonton area. And uh, I think he enjoyed it. Uh, sent me a text back and he was pretty excited by the amount of stuff that was uh, in there. So there you go. What is your favorite vape accessory? That is the cannabis question uh, this week. And uh, just quickly want to say thank you very much to all of our partners on the show, uh, the OZ, uh, the Green Generation Co. Andre from Regal Cigars has been great to us, said he actually might have some goodies for us to give away on uh, 420. We'll see about that. Uh, Hopefully that comes true. That would be very nice. And uh, I, I just want to uh, just quickly say thank you to uh, Stonesmiths, makers of the Slash. It's an awesome product. It it is terrific, and it was it's a great local company. Unfortunately, they're going to be taking a bit of a break um, with things uh, as as a company. Hopefully, we see them back. Um, I just wanted to say I really appreciated their support uh, with, you know, not just me, but they supported so many people within the cannabis space. They did so many good things of bringing people together, making a terrific product. I hope it's a short break and then we can see the guys back uh, in business again and producing great, great uh, cannabis accessories. So thank you very much to uh, the, uh, the gang at Stonesmiths. Uh, for all their support uh, with this show and within the cannabis industry. And, uh, man, we look forward to uh, you being back in the game uh, at some point uh, producing great products. All right, I want to remind you and tell you to check out my vibe on Relevant. Download the app and join the Cannabis 101 podcast party. It's a cool message board. You can put your pictures up. I post the show there as well uh, for new people. And you can do some live audio chats, some Q&A. So last week, David Wiley and I did a uh, chat, a little Q&A with him. And then we're going to be getting people, uh, some listeners involved. Uh, If you have a question for uh, our guest on the live chat, you can do that. But first, got to download the app. Then check out the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe on relevant our guest in tomorrow uh, dan shapiro is going to join us on thursday 5 30 p.m eastern 2 30 p.m pacific time and we're going to continue the conversation that we're going to have on wednesday so check it out it's the relevant uh, app download it today and then join the cannabis 101 podcast vibe what's happening We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, Some really exciting things to talk about with David Wiley from The OZ. You can find them online at OkanaganZ.com. There is the beautiful website picture. And uh, if I can scroll down a little bit, 
there we go. Cannabis and sports equals healthier athletes. Uh, a story I was honored to write uh, for the last hit of the magazine, which, as I uh, bring in my good friend David Wiley, I uh, tweeted out a, a picture, an Instagram picture, uh, actually. Well, I guess it was Instagram and Twitter, uh, of some of the lovely magazines at uh, Plant Life Jensen Lakes as I was in there. Uh, picking up some uh, lava cake from Delta 9 uh, the other day. So the magazines are out there, David. Uh, the stories are great in it, and um, I'm really proud to be a part of uh, the OZ for that particular magazine. I'm really proud to have you as part of it. And look at us. I mean, hanging out again, talking about what's new in the world of weed. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, How it's, can life uh, get any better? It is. You know, we were just talking, you know, this is episode 90 and, and we're going to talk about a story that kind of rings a bell to something we talked about way back in the beginning, which, you know, seems like a long time ago now with with the <laughs> uh, the pandemic stuck in the middle of there. But here we are approaching 100 episodes of this show. And uh, man, it's so fun to get up and think, what am I going to talk about today when it comes to cannabis? I just really, really enjoy this. And, you know, this segment is is so much fun because we bring information. I just had a person reach out the other day and say, you know, there's a lot of growing shows and I love them, but I love that you guys take a news angle to, to different things. So it's one of the things that uh, the audience certainly does love. And I think they're going to love this first story that we're talking about. I certainly am excited about it. Um, you know, as I said, when I first found out that Harvard was going to be studying cannabis, uh, I, I said, you know, I guess we can throw out the, the weed is for dummies kind of stigma that's out there because this is a Harvard study that is finding cannabis can be effective for chronic pain. And so many people have chronic pain, David. Yeah, I'm one of them, actually. I know this from experience that cannabis it really does help with pain. And research, like you said, of Harvard Medical School joins other research. Um, you mentioned that we've been doing this for a long period of time. And one of the things that you find is that there's a lot of research that's crossing over and this is certainly one of them. It's helping to establish cannabis as an effective long-term treatment for chronic pain. The study's small, but the results are intriguing. It found that individual cannabinoids appear to exert unique effects on pain and comorbid symptoms. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about for a while in the cannabis industry, is that sometimes there's not enough attention paid to those lesser cannabinoids and not lesser than, but just lesser known. Uh, so more research is said to be needed to potentially optimize cannabinoid-based treatments for pain, say the authors of the study, and included 37 patients who were suffering from uh, arthritis, uh, joint pain, uh, neuropathy, and other chronic pain conditions that were evaluated over about a six-month period while they were using cannabis through uh, smoking, through vaporizing, through edibles, oils, and other methods. And uh, all of the patients had actually never used cannabis before, or they had abstained from use for at least a year prior to the study. And what they found was that after six months of daily treatment with cannabis, patients reported significant improvements in their pain and their sleep, their mood, anxiety, and overall their quality of life. Uh, so this is really interesting research. And, you know, not only does it find that it uh, has a, an effect on pain, but also that it depends on the different cannabinoids. And that just opens up whole new paths of research. It really, really does. And, you know, this this story excites me so much. And, you know, the... Um... 
uh, I, I, I guess the non-believer might say, well, there's a lot of ifs and buts and mites uh, and, and more research has to be done. And, and my answer is, yes, I can't wait for that more <laughs> research to be done. I agree because this is so positive and, and we're, we kind of, you know, have, have known about, you know, whether it's uh, a terpene that doubles as a cannabinoid like caryophylline and some of the benefits that they might have and that they do have. And there's a lot of anecdotal. And now there is starting uh, to be more and more actual actual research that's saying yes this is and and that's going to lead people to dive in uh to multiple you know to different terpenes on their own and, and and cannabinoids on their own and things like that and it's studies like this that obviously coming from a credible uh resource like harvard are going to spur people on to dive into this plant even more and it's just you know it's going to be like uh that kind of the trickle down effect uh where you know it starts here and we're going to get all the research uh funneling through and you know, it won't be long before we know so much more about this plant. This is so amazing, and it's going to lead to be better things, I think. One of the really interesting parts of the study is you hear from people sometimes that don't have much experience with cannabis, um, that they're worried about THC, they, wanna, they want to lean towards CBD. Well, the study found that actually THC is a really key ingredient to treating pain. Uh, but, but the other side of that is that uh, patients have been using less THC over time as they figure out what the balance is between THC and CBD to effectively relieve their pain. So in, in some ways, um, you know, patients are participating within that, that whole um, process of medicating. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so interesting, and and I talk to people about this too. That uh, yeah, I I I think people should take CBD. I take it regularly, twice a day. I uh, use you know different kind of balanced cultivars throughout the day. Uh, but I do you know if I have a really bad headache. Or, or if I have, uh, you know, I use some rubs and some creams, but if I'm looking for some pain relief, I'm going straight to the to the THC because it does uh, help, you know, it, the CBD uh, continually building up and, and having it in your system certainly helps. But if you want to, you know, fix that kind of acute pain or things like that, you're going to go to THC. But the good news is, as you mentioned, is you don't have to get blasted. You don't have to get like a 25.6% sativa uh, to, to ease some of your pain. Cannabis is different for everybody. And if you, especially if you don't have a lot of experience, you're not going to need a lot of THC. You could find one of those one-to-one -one, uh, cultivars that's going to be right for you. And then you, you know, fine tune it as you go. As we always talk about kind of journaling and keeping track of your experience. So, you know, the next time what you might be looking for when you go into the store and it's not that cbd doesn't do anything cbd generally uh, works on your mood and that sort of thing um, but for the physical pain thc is uh, is definitely key Indeed. Uh, okay, let's get into this next story. And, um, you know, we have uh, talked about uh, this company uh, quite a bit. You know, in our uh, year-end special, it was about uh, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, mm -hmm. downsizing. And, and here's Canopy Growth growing once again and, uh, you know, uh, bringing in a pretty big name in the cannabis business. Yeah, mergers and acquisitions. That's where we said this was going to be at. And certainly it's one of the big trends right now. Canopy growth. I mean, you got to know them by now. They're a whale and they've gobbled up Ontario-based Supreme Cannabis Company. So they're behind seven acres 
um, which is quite well known, and some other ones. The deal is worth $435 million in a stock transaction. This comes on the tail, too, of Canopy acquiring Ace Valley. Um, so as far as what Canopy gets out of it, they strengthen their brand portfolio um, with the Seven Acres, it's Craft Collective, Blissco, Truvera, Sugarleaf, and Highway, and Supreme. They get potential exposure to the U.S. market through Canopy's inroads there. Uh, and Supreme also says that the deal is beneficial to its stakeholders. Um, so Supreme shareholders will actually vote in June. And if approved, that deal is going to close uh, by the end of that month. You know, other trends that we've talked about too in the cannabis industry, Dean, is more affordable um, products at a better price that we're seeing greater variety, increasing legal sales, you know, more focus on terpenes uh, and some of the lesser known cannabinoids like we just talked about. And you can start to see where these companies are, are really the big companies and the smaller ones are pivoting into these trends. It's so interesting when we uh, when we talk about uh, companies acquiring other companies and, and how big the names are. I mean, just on this set alone, respect the plant right there, seven acres. You got packs. You got a packs up there. You know, I mean, canopy growth. Uh, I think it said like about a six percent market share. I mean, they are you know, massively gobbling up different companies that are bringing them so much, uh, so much more reach out there. And, and, you know, this is starting, you know, there, there's, there's going to be, there, I think the, the rush to cannabis saw a lot of companies go too big, too fast. And then they had to really take a step back. And some of the smaller producers, uh, I think are doing a really, really great job of holding up the cannabis industry while some of the big companies, uh, you know, scale back and, and, but then there's canopy growth that it's just like full steam ahead right now through all of this. Yeah, definitely. And it feels like every time one of these um, companies is purchased, another one just pops up in its wake. So where Supreme is now under canopy, well, guess what? There's going to be another small, less known company that moves up into that space. And they are taking advantage of that, whether it's more affordable, whether it's better quality, whether it's putting terpenes on the bottles, you know, whatever they're doing, um, you know, whether it's selling Canada's first ever blunt, which is starting to make its way onto market through G-Tech. Like these companies are finding ways to innovate and ways to make themselves even more de desirable for the big companies that are just going to snatch them up again. So it's a pretty interesting cycle that we're watching here. Yeah, I can't wait for those uh, blunts, those canagars to get on the market <laughs> yeah. just in time for like the camping season, right? You know, sitting around <laughs> a campfire with a, you know, I love a cigar. If I can combine like a canagar with that, I'm I'm loving that. And and speaking of combining. Man, uh, there seems like there is uh, a bit of a supergroup forming in the United States when it comes to the fight for legalization. And, you know, th we, we've seen those uh, the, those movies before, the, the, the odd couple and, and different things where maybe it's like pairings that you wouldn't think normally go together. This is kind of one of those, David. <laughs> Strange bedfellows, right? Yeah. <laughs> You've got major Republican Party donor Charles Koch uh, now in cahoots with Snoop Dogg. Um, so this alliance basically sees the Democratic majorities in the House and Senate. Um, you know, that's the time that we're living in where the Democrats are in power in the White House. And this is a time that these groups believe that uh, they're going to be able to take advantage of the political scenario and bring about legalization federally in the U.S. So... Uh, 
the the idea here is that Koch's prominence among the conservatives is going to help sway 10 to 12 Republicans or so to join the Democrats across the aisle and pass these uh, the, the cannabis legislation that's coming down. Um, you know, this group is backed by uh, Koch and uh, it's also involved with the, the Cannabis Freedom Alliance. Um, this whole idea, it's fascinating to me because it was reportedly sparked by a Zoom call that Snoop Dogg had with Koch. Um, so, you know, people are talking and people want to see uh, the, the power um, start to form together into a big coalition that's going to push for changes, changes that's going to see uh, cannabis sold legally across the U.S., that's going to see a creation of uh, big and small companies, that's going to see hopefully a lot of social injustices over the years righted. And uh, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Um, and the fact that there are so many different groups that are working together toward this one cause just gives me hope that people can still work together. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, the uh, political Politico first reported this. Um, you know, you've got Snoop, you've got Charles Koch, and you've got Weldon uh, Angelos, who was pardoned by Donald Trump. Uh, in January, after serving 13 years of a 55-year sentence for marijuana trafficking charges. And I, this is like, you know, we're, we do something with Malcolm LaBelle on the business of cannabis every week. It's called Game Changers. This, is, this could be a game changer, David. It really could be. Yeah, 100%. I mean, think about the groups that are involved in this. You've got Americans for Prosperity, um, the Reason Foundation, uh, Global Alliance for Cannabis, um, you know, the Weldon Project, which you mentioned. Um, I, I would love to see this change in the U.S. And I tell you, uh, if if I were an old man predicting the weather, I'd tell you that my knee is acting up and I see the, uh, the, the, the winds of change starting to blow in the U.S. and it's going to rain cannabis legalization. Yeah, it, exactly. And uh, the, the one uh, kind of quote in this from uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, uh, who's a, a Democrat from New York, uh, talking about Joe Biden, um, saying, you know, they asked him uh, if they, or, or sorry, he said he vowed to move forward with the legislation, legislation if Biden resists. But he said Biden is studying the issue, so he wants to give him time to study it. Uh, he wants to be able to pitch his arguments to him, as uh, other advocates will. I, I, you know, there's got to be a tipping point for Joe Biden where he says, okay, I, you know, the, the storm is coming at me from all sides when it comes to cannabis. I, I, no moss. I give up and, and let's work towards something. I mean, he's got to see the writing on the wall here. And, and that big difference that we're talking about is that Biden wants decriminalization. That's what he's been advocating for. But these groups want to see legalization because we want to have, um, you know, the U.S. wants a market that can join into what's going to become the world trade uh, of globally of cannabis. Um, you know, you, you're you're risking being left out if you don't get on that uh, if you don't get on that train now. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, just like Canada needs to, uh, you know, we're on that train. We are legal. And then to stay ahead, mm -hmm. everybody, we got to look at our own backyard and make sure we are doing it right because Mexico's there. Canada's there. Mexico's getting there. Canada's there already. Uh, it's a sandwich of legalization for the U.S. that uh, it's going to be hard for them not to take a bite out of uh, because the profits and everything else are just so delicious. All right, let's get back to uh, a final story now. We started uh, with some uh, scientific 
scientific research from Harvard. Uh, we're talking about another study, and this is something you and I have talked about uh, as well, is how do you determine impairment when it comes to cannabis? Because it's not the same as alcohol percentage or you know, you know whatever you're blowing when it comes to, to that. And there is now a study that is trying to figure out just how long cannabis impairment lasts. People coming at it from different angles, right? I mean, we know that the current uh, impaired driving tests out there just don't work. And so the question being raised out of Australia is how high uh, are people for how long? And basically the answer is that people are high and impaired for a different amount of time, depending on their experience level and how they consume cannabis. Of course, that has implications for how you uh, search for and enforce impaired driving. This uh, is a comprehensive analysis of 80 different scientific studies, and it's identified what uh, researchers are calling a window of impairment of between three and 10 hours. That's caused by moderate to high doses of THC. So for the study, a moderate dose is considered to be about 10 milligrams of THC. Um, but of course, researchers are also saying that what's moderate for a regular user uh, that could be different for, uh, you know, a, a moderate user or a high user. So the whole scale is different across the board. And basically, a study found that the, the exact duration is, uh, is different from the THC that's actually in your uh, either blood or saliva. So if your uh, those tests, those roadside tests show that you actually have THC uh, in your body, that doesn't necessarily mean impairment. So what does that mean? Well, if you go if you go out on the road and you get stopped at a road check these days, they'll make you blow into a breathalyzer to see if you have had over the limit of alcohol. That kind of approach is not going to work when it comes to cannabis, just because this is the kind of science that's showing that it's uh, it, it, it's it's different for everybody and it's different whether you have smoked a joint or whether you vaped or whether you've had a drink or whether you've eaten an edible or whether you've taken oil, um, whether you've smoked uh, for, you know, 20 years versus uh, 20 days. So there's a whole lot of what ifs and unknowns here and all those sorts of riddles need to be solved before they can really come up with a uh, solution for roadside impairment testing. Yeah, what it comes back to, David, uh, as always, is that everybody is different when it comes to cannabis. We all have our own yep. endocannabinoid system. We all react differently. And this quote from uh, Professor Ian McGregor, who's the academic director of the Lambert Initiative, uh, he says, quote, THC can be detected in the body weeks after cannabis consumption, while it is clear that impairment lasts for a much shorter period of time. Our legal frameworks probably need to catch up with that end. As with alcohol, focus on the interval when users are more of a risk to themselves and others. Prosecution solely on the basis of the presence of THC in blood or saliva is manifestly unjust. And and that's what it is. The laws need to catch up uh, because, uh, you know, as you know, you talk to anybody who's ever had to take uh, a cannabis test for alcohol. You know, there you, there's that window of, you know, 28 days or 24 days or something like that where THC can still be present. But you know, I can smoke a joint and I'm not high 24 days later, but if I get pulled over and there's THC in my system, how is that a correlation? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And I love that quote, um, particularly where he says that, that the legal frameworks probably need to catch up with that. Yes, I would say that they certainly do. And it's nice to see that people are working on it. The study also found that, uh, you know, that heavy users 
apparently shows significant tolerance to the effects of cannabis uh, when it comes to driving and cognitive function, um, you know, while typically displaying some impairment. And again, that's really interesting. You know, I've, I've been in a lot of conversations with people um, who anecdotally will tell me that they can smoke a joint and 30 minutes later, they're fine to drive. And it's, it's weird. The science does seem to support that. Yeah. And, you know, not, not, I, I would not uh, recommend that uh, for people, but it, it is true. I mean, somebody can drink uh, two sticks of vodka and, or rye or whiskey, <laughs> and you're probably going to be able to tell that they're impaired. But there's some people like, you know, Willie Nelson, he says, I smoke to get normal. You know, I don't smoke to get high. I smoke to get normal. There's guys out there. We all have friends that can, you know, smoke the biggest joint and they don't seem that high. So that's why, you know, you would need a personalized, every person would need their own system for testing uh, the THC impairment because everybody is uh, a little bit different. You could, you could get one person that has three drags off a joint and they would, you know, be so high because they're not experienced while the person next to them that is could smoke the whole rest of the joint and seem like they never smoked it. So it's not perfect. And, and, you know, until they get it perfect, David, there's just going to be so many challenges in court over any kind of, um, you know, arrest or charges for this. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I think it's important to say that what, I mean, my policy is be a good human, you know, don't, uh, don't smoke a joint and go driving. Um, you know, you really don't want to wreck your life or somebody else's life, um, you know, from here on out. So just make good choices. And uh, as uh, as my partner Jenny would say, thanks, Dad. It's a real dad <laughs> moment there for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Common sense, though, does prevail. Uh, you know, uh, do not. Uh, smoke and get behind the wheel or vape or use any kind of product. Don't use any intoxicant and get behind the wheel is the safest thing uh, to live by. David, as always, great stuff. I'm, I'm looking at the green grass on the website. As I look out at the dump of snow we received over the past three oh, or no. four days, it's <laughs> melting a little bit now, but all we could see outside was white. So looking at the green grass and the mountain and the lake, Makes me want to get out there. And maybe this summer will be the summer where we get things under control and we can travel again. But until then, we'll have to settle for our weekly chats, uh, which I do enjoy. Thanks so much, David. Well, wishing you some spring weather in the near future, my friend. The Weed Song from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. A little bit of a name change there. Same great music, same great artist, just a different name. Sorry About Your Dog, The Weed Song. You'll hear the Marijuana Song a little bit later on in the program. Uh, also, I want to remind you that whenever the Cannabis and Hemp Expo is held again at the Edmonton Expo Center, we will be there broadcasting episodes 
of the Cannabis 101 podcast. You can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. And we will also have some tickets to give away whenever this show does happen. Unfortunately, it's been canceled a couple of times, but whenever it happens, we'll be there broadcasting and can't wait to meet uh, all of you out in the audience of the Cannabis 101 podcast. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Is it heavy stuff, man? So today for our cannabis character, we're going back to um, one of the best cannabis movies that is out there. I mean, you know, obviously you got these guys who set the standard, uh, Cheech and Chong. Um, And then you have Seth Rogen, who has kind of taken that mantle now, and James Franco a little bit, but mostly Seth Rogen. And kind of in between there is, you know, and I'm sorry, there's Dazed and Confused as well, which is, you know, still up there and the big Lebowski. So there's been some real big hitters, and one of them sometimes that gets overlooked, and I don't know why, is Half-Baked, because it is awesome. And it's got some legendary cannabis um, and actors and, and entertainers. you got Tommy Chong is in it. Snoop Dogg is in it. Uh, Dave Chappelle is awesome. And the cast of characters around Dave Chappelle in this movie is, is awesome. Dave Chappelle is funny, but this movie is awesome because of all those extra characters. Bob Saget is hilarious and very crude. Uh, John Stewart is in there. Willie Nelson is in there. As I mentioned, Snoop Dogg. Uh, and then there's this character, and I'm talking about Janine Garofalo's character, the creative smoker uh, from Half Baked. And so uh, th- this kind of uh, situation or the the premise comes out that they're uh, trying to raise money to get their friend out of jail. I don't want to spoil it, but they do this montage of the different types of smokers. And we've done a few of them on this show before. The Willie Nelson one is, is probably my favorite, but Jon Stewart is uh, is pretty close uh, second. So uh, the, the Scarface and Dave Chappelle's character and uh, Jim Brewer's character, they all go out and, and deliver the weed to these different people and encounter the different kind of uh, weed smokers. The MacGyver one is pretty funny as uh, as well. So here is Janine Garofalo's character. Uh, she's uncredited, actually, in this movie as the creative smoker uh, from the movie Half-Baked. Kept plugging away with the weed deliveries, and we kept meeting different kinds of smokers, like this lady. She's an I'm only creative if I smoke Hi. smoker. She believes weed and only weed brings out the artist in her. Ugh. Would you like to hear some of my poetry? Not really. You really should. I have killed. I have helped kill. I have killed part of myself. I cannot change this. I. I must seek Buddha. I must seek Christ. You must seek therapy. That's where I would go with that. But that's my own. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, Dave Chappelle dropping off some herb and Janine Garofalo 
covered in uh, books and you know, listen, I think uh, weed, uh, cannabis, whatever word you want to call it, doesn't really bother me. I would prefer you didn't call it a drug because it is a plant. Uh, but I, it does help my creativity. But that doesn't mean I just function solely on weed and I can't be creative any other time. Uh, but it does help. Um, you know, I've talked about this in the past, right high, edit sober sort of thing. Uh, use weed for your creativity, but have that balance to make sure uh, the uh, the creative smoker obviously does not have uh, that balance. And that is Janine Garofalo, uncredited as the creative smoker from the movie Half-Baked as our cannabis character today. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Looking forward to chatting with uh, the the wanderer, Malka LaBelle, on the business of cannabis. Of course, you can find her at www.greengencompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. As Malka, you are back in Alberta. I don't know if you were the one that brought the snow back with us because we got dumped on in Edmonton uh, this past weekend. We, we, we got green grass now that I'm looking at. It's starting to melt away. But uh, how what's it like being back in Alberta after uh, so much time that you spent out in BC? I thought you were taking up permanent residence. So was I. I wanted to. That's for sure. It was gorgeous in British Columbia. Oh my gosh, the scenery everywhere was unreal. Um, I'm happy to be home and sleeping in my own bed and with my stuff around me, but the rest of this world is just, I don't know what to call it. We're in bizarro times, different things, rules, lockdowns, people that are sick that weren't before. It's been really bizarre the last few weeks. I have to say it's been weird. Yeah, it's uh, and unfortunately, yeah, we're back in that uh, kind of uh, phase one again. And, uh, you know, hopefully as we go, more people will get vaccinated and we can certainly push on through this and get out and enjoy um, some cannabis, uh, which is uh, a new dirty word, cannabis and hemp. That's what we're going with in the lead here. Why is cannabis and hemp the new dirty words? They're dirty because people don't understand what they mean or have the positive benefit. They don't understand the positive benefits to them. They still think that they're a big box of unknown Pandora's box. I think that was the the explanation. So what this is, is that this has been uh, essentially a summary of my journey through trying to find funding, access to money, um, or just trying to clear hurdles for my clients. So this is essentially a cumulative summary of working with um, cannabis, cannabis related or entirely hemp based companies. Um, since 2018 and have, I feel like I've hit every single roadblock that you can possibly uh, find and having to navigate around them has been like almost impossible because every other opportunity, so to speak, I've either already figured it out that it's not a possibility or for some other reason, it's a no go. So this is a summary of the dirty things that people think cannabis should not be allowed to do. Um, So the summary is uh, don't use that word, <laughs> cannabis or hemp, in anything that you're doing as it interfaces with governments, funding, banks, etc. Um, what I've learned is that 
the better words. So I wanted to be solution oriented in this talk because it's been a painful, like, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall of every conversation and losing my voice sometimes just because I'm explaining it so many times over. So the better words are sustainable, green, plants, um, agra related, <laughs> um, but don't use the word cannabis or hemp at all. Um, basically, um, anything when I've talked about what it means to be green, any of those things are better pseudonyms than cannabis or hemp um, in this case. And really this has to do with the conservative style or conservative nature of different people that grant funding. So like COVID relief, for example, um, COVID relief regional benefits, banks. Uh, we talked about some of these before. So here's my solution and how I uncover this. One of the first groups that I talked to that essentially said this is the problem is that if you call it cannabis, you're going to get blackballed everywhere. But that was Lindsay Blackett from the Tabor Grasslands Collective. Now, Lindsay formerly was an MLA. So he was in government before getting into the cannabis industry. So he knew that sort of going in. that if you talk about things that people don't know about, they're just going to say no. And those, so they developed the Tabor Grasslands Collective, which is essentially, or sorry, cooperative, collaborative. So they even didn't even use cooperative because that's actually a legal entity. Um, so collaborative is their, was their workaround in that space. So they are essentially an agra business, both indoor and outdoor cannabis research facility um, in Tabor. And they're working with a research uh, facility in order to do the work that they're doing. So they got funding from a research agricultural perspective. Um, I got a denial letter from Alberta Innovates on a hemp-based product line, my hemp buyer, hemp buyer solutions uh, thing that I'm working on. And even though the, the application was solid, like we have really good customer demand, there's a lot of people interested in that product. As soon as the word hemp was involved or cannabis offset or cannabis waste product, anything related, even though there, our application was completely solid and we were told this is amazing, this is going to go through by everyone in the system, as soon as... It came up against people that didn't know what cannabis and hemp could do other than just get high with. <laughs> as soon as they saw it, denied. And we're talking about a $10,000 micro voucher from Alberta Innovates, which you think would be a little bit of an easy uh, sell for them. But no, denied. Um, MyTax is another one. They're a group of research group uh, with the Ethics uh, Board of Research of Calgary, University of Calgary behind them. They said, sorry, this is, wasn't, they weren't sure what to do with this and from an ethics standpoint. So they don't deny, they did not want to go forward with our application. COVID relief, regional relief. So that's, again, Alberta-based funding uh, administered through Alberta women entrepreneurs who I thought would be really, you know, progressive and diversity and we've got women in the table. Nope, cannabis sativa was the ingredients in some of our products on that, on the, on the, uh, on the hemp business. Cannabis sativa next to it says hemp seed oil because you can buy that at the grocery store and you'll put it in your cooking. But because cannabis sativa was in one of the ingredients on our website, it's actually in several next to hemp seed oil, got denied from that one as well. Um, that was COVID re regional relief for a business that has a huge demand and a ton of um, awesome products. And the only thing stopping us is a cash flow situation. Um, ATB denied everything that I had tried to get funding through them, even though they're the most progressive out of all of these or institutions. And I've spoken to everybody in that company that has anything to do with essentially with cannabis and they explained it to me they're like they don't understand anything other than the group that we're talking about and so therefore they don't have a, a way to navigate when the things don't fit in their mold and so it has to do with your NIAC score which is a banking code or an industry code that's assigned to your account when you get a, a, a cannabis or when you get a bank account as a business 
And if that NIAX code has something to do with cannabis or your business is somehow related, even if you don't directly touch the plant, good luck ever changing that. So you might as well just stop now and start over and do not use cannabis and hemp in any kind of communication with anyone that issues money or even sometimes insurance as we've heard before. And it's really what I found, the point of all this is that particularly the Alberta government, this is not the same case in BC. BC is way more progressive. And that was the cool thing about uh, that I learned along the way. They have, the Alberta government has no interest in advancing anything around the science, technology, or innovation or having to do with hemp or cannabis. They're completely, it's not a, not part of their uh, mandate. And that's why is that it's trickling down to all of these things because they're ultimately in control. So the only time it does come up for renewal is guess what? When there's an election. Fortunately, we have one of those coming maybe federally in the next year, maybe, maybe provincially, maybe even in definitely municipal, in the municipality of Calgary. That's when politicians care about this stuff. So the message here is go talk to your MLA, go talk to your MP as an individual and tell them how cannabis has impacted your life positively, whether with economics, with jobs, with, you know, medicine that's not paid for by the government. Maybe having some more positive stories from individuals that have been positively impacted, talking to their MLA or MP directly, I think that's the only real way to change their minds uh, because as a government, they really don't care. Yeah, well, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't see a different provincial government in, in this province after everything that's gone on and not to turn this into a political show, but that is how you're going to get the message out is you're going to have to talk to the people that are running and, and make them aware of this. And listen, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, very smart for different companies to work around this with different words, but that's not a long-term solution. We, you know, we have to keep talking. We have to keep putting pressure on people. We have to get this changed so that the uh, institutions you were talking about do pay attention and don't run away and hide when it's something they don't understand. People fear what they don't understand in, in, in every walk of life. Uh, so while it's a workable solution right now, it's not sustainable, and we need to get that message out. And the getting that message out is getting in the ear of the politicians, just like people got in the year of the liberals and justin trudeau won the election in my opinion uh you know a big part of that was due to cannabis for sure and just actually as a side note to the just about the election piece it's also really about the normalization from a proven economic yes. standpoint so one of the things we talked about is businesses and cannabis haven't made money yet at the bottom line so that the people that lent them the money like the government-backed funding and like the banks so the banks are hurting because their timelines for return on investment were unrealistic so they said to me, like, once we start seeing that the money is coming back and that we're the investments that they specifically made in the big companies that they set up comes back profitably, which we may never see because that's not how you properly make cannabis. <laughs> that's part of the problem is we have to stay in that cover of we're working on this, but without having to inter interact with you until we've got it proven that we are successful overarchingly as an industry. Yes. So yeah, we, we, so it certainly shows the work that we still have to do, but you know, we know what we have to do. So that that's at least one step ahead as opposed to being like, well, how do we do this? Well, we know then the vehicle to, to uh, create change. And speaking of change, let's move on to change makers and tell us why Cody Peterson is the change maker this week. Yeah. So I actually never met Cody. I've only spoken with him through LinkedIn over messages, uh, both publicly and, and privately. And, and basically I call him an, an, a LinkedIn influencer. So he has quite a strong stance around cannabis 
from a medical and pharmacological background. He actually is a pediatric pharmacist and a medical cannabis professional and advocate and a student and educator. And his image right here of his, um, his teacher giving a talk, this is to the fire department, I think in Pennsylvania or something, or Maryland, yeah, so Baltimore, Maryland. So he gives talks to big institutional groups uh, around cannabis, which is why I wanted to bring him up because he's a scientist, he's a doctor, or actually he's not a, he's not a doctor, he's a research, uh, he's a PhD in uh, pharma pharmacy. So the point is, is that he's actually not a doctor, similar to Ruth Fisher and other people that have doctorates, like Dr. Earl Oliver is another example. They're not doctors, they're research um, doctors or PhDs, which means that their experience is on adding up research and then using that compounded research to show the efficacy of cannabis. And that's what he does. So he, he, he's been doing all this research for quite a while. And in this case, he started to use analogies. And we talked about how analogies can be really powerful to explaining things to a 10-year-old or a 5-year-old because it relates it back to something that the, the individual who doesn't quite get it can understand because it relates to something that they have an experience with. So the one example was he was using, um, he was talking about the analogy between the ECS or the endocannabinoid system and how little we actually understand about it um, that helps grasp the help grasp the complexity of cannabis, the plant, because plants hold the keys. So here's our analogy: the keys that are yet to be labeled to match the locks in our skyscraper body. So I love this analogy, and this is why I was uh, totally embracing him this week is because. He's talking about how, how complex is a skyscraper with the number of doors that are in a building that big, like, you know, 30 stories or more. how many doors are in that place? And a janitor or someone that would have access to all those doors would have a big key ring, you know, jingling around in their pocket, you know, often characterized by many movies and things we've seen. There's a key that fits every lock, like before fobs, basically. And if you don't have the label to each key, you have no idea which lock that key is going to fit. So what he's saying here is that we know that there's a lock and key scenario between the endocannabinoid system and cannabis, uh, the plant, and the endocannabinoid system is in every body, but we don't have the labels for all of the locks and keys that match. So we know virtually it works, but we just don't know the detailed, you know, math or pattern or map or, you know, to labels that go with each of those things. And we don't know them yet because it was so early in the study of this in like the 30 years since it was discovered by uh, Raphael Makula and various researchers, we still are so infantile in how we understand that system as a body system. And it will come with more understanding of that body system, which is the work that he does and puts out on LinkedIn is great pictures of cellular structures and body systems and cannabinoid, you know, chemistry that that kind of science from the body side of it, the ECS side of it, will be part of that answer. And he's doing it really well, nailing it with using analogies that are simple to understand. And I have here the, this is actually a meme that I made based on reading his stuff. It, it was so clear to me what he was talking about after reading his article that I came up with this one myself, which is stress plus imbalance plus released endocannabinoids. So those are the ones your body's release that can be supplemented with cannabis from the plant equals homeostasis. So this equation is a very simple math additive thing is ultimately what we don't know yet is that we recognize that there's a lot of stress in our life, hard to quantify, hard to determine what that is at any given point. Could just be a bunch of stuff on fire. Could be just you're having a bad day or something in between. And an imbalance is what every person experiences when they're not doing well. They're not chill. They're like all over the crazy, whatever. They're having a bad day. They're 
not stable in some way, shape or form. And a release of endocannabinoids comes out of our body. So we make them ourselves and the plant can supplement that. And the cumulative effect of that is homeostasis, good vibes, we're chilling. And that's the kind of meme and examples that I think really resonate with myself and help it explain it to people that maybe just don't have that much experience with that themselves. Well, and you know, the, the, the key uh, example is just so great because just like every key uh, is unique to each door or nowadays fobs or garage door openers, uh, even in, in that, in that sense, our endocannabinoid system is different for each person and how, you know, you and I could share the same joint. Well, we wouldn't be sharing it these days, but we could smoke the same uh, cultivar right. and get a totally different uh, impact. And, and that's why it's so important for people um, that, you know, like I use, uh, yeah, I use cannabis recreationally for fun, but I also use it uh, to help with certain things in my life, like mental health and, you know, doing some research on, you know, specific terpenes, limonene, myrcene, uh, caryophylline have been known to help and, you know, not just saying, okay, I'm going to go get all these uh, terpenes, but getting them and trying them and saying, okay, this does work for me, but this does not work for me or, or vice versa or whatever it is. So, you know, the, the research uh, into the plant is done by scientists and it's done by us doing our own research exactly. with our own yeah. impact and own experience with the plant. You're right. And you're the janitor holding the ring of keys to your own body skyscraper. And you're the only one that's going to be able to figure that out by actually trying each one. So that's the big key. That's a piece of the companies, the marketing and the branding and the, the LPs have not quite figured out yet is that they think that just because one person has that a great experience, that everyone is going to have that great experience. And that just is never true in, with cannabis. So I feel that that's part of the problem is that our understanding of the ECS system will unlock the industry much better than if we just look at the plant. Indeed. All right, let's get to what it means to be green and you're talking about certified green e-climate certifications. Yeah, so this is actually, I mean, I use this uh, example of a, a certified program actually because I'm quite respectable of it. Uh, this is a group that I actually did my um, accelerator program with was the Decarbon app and, and they've come out with a, a, not them, but they joined group forces with a, a global thing around becoming green e-certified. And climate certified. Well, what does that mean? Well, it kind of depends on where you are. So the answer to this is it's a logo. It's a logo that is trusted. It's trusted by their customers. It's trusted by other people that have gone through the process to get Green E certified. It's essentially some sort of process that, you know, people have written down and recorded and followed and paid for. And then as a result of doing that process, um, and having outcomes that measure the effects of that process, like measuring their, you know, carbon offsets and measuring their wastewater and measuring their temperature control and how much money they spend. By measuring all of those things in that process, that's how they got the stamp of, you know, Green E-certified. They essentially paid for someone else to come in, a third party to come in and do that work with them. And that's how you get Green E-certified. But this is exactly a, an example of every other kind of thing that's certified. And, and I, I just wanted to explain this because there's been quite a bit of, um, I'm going to say, multiple different perspectives on, let's say, for example, quality or organic or sustainable um, as they apply to the cannabis industry. And this is something I've been in many conversations with people around the globe on. And what they keep thinking is that, oh, if we have this certification, then we all agree that that's the truth. And the answer is it does not work that way. And this is a, this quadrant is like, what is it? Five by five 
boxes. These are, these all mean the same thing. These are all organic certifications around <laughs> the globe. Much of them are the same country. There's a, several from USA. Pretty sure there's not one on there from Canada. And there, that's indi indicative that other people around the world decide on a system, sell it for a bunch of money. The third party people come in and evaluate that system is, is done properly. And there's a, they have a, a financial stake in, in the proof, right? So there's a little bit of a issue with that. And then they get that, that company that paid for that service gets these logos on their thing. And people trust that logo to mean something. But the consumer doesn't always look in to see what does that mean. And that's really the big part about certification, is especially in a new industry like we're in with cannabis, people can decide we're going to make a certification that means X and it's going to cost a producer or a company so many dollars to, to get Y or the, the proof that they have that thing. But it's an added value that is only a value to the people that agree on it and have and trust in it. So this is an example of what I'm trying to say is that there is no common thing around the world or even in Canada on what certification is. And this just hasn't been developed yet. We haven't built that, tr that trust. And for Canadians, we're all about standards and quality and, and trust in that. Um, so I think that this is just a, an example of how we have a lot of work to do and coming to agreement on these kinds of, you know, things and these kinds of codes of conduct and ethical guidelines and what does it mean to be to be organic or sustainable or green are up for debate and up for decision on who's going to buy into them so it's just sort of a cautionary uh, lens on that yeah it, it we need as much transparency uh, particularly in this industry as we can possibly get to uh, because there's already as we've talked about a lot a, a large stigma towards the cannabis space if uh, you want to find out how Melka can help you uh, jump online at www.greengencompany.com thanks so much Melka enjoy the sunshine while it's out there and it melts all of our snow I hope so <laughs> Sounds good, Dean. Have a great day. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, so there are the words on the screen if you're watching. If you're listening, thank you very much for doing so. And if you'd like to watch, you can check out the YouTube channel, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Thank you very much to those of you who are watching. Uh, just click that subscribe and the little bell. You'll get notified every time we put something out, which is every day. So the words we're going with today, dusties and feminized. Uh, so dusties um you know not the collective dustins of the world getting together to rule things but rather another word for keef uh mainly from what i've read used in australia correct me if i'm wrong uh anybody listening in australia feel free to reach out cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com tell me if people still use this term uh it could be like the term dope which a lot of people don't use it's now used uh, for heroin but Dusty's apparently used in Australia is another word for keef. And keef is that powdery looking stuff that you collect in the bottom of your grinder. If you have a four piece grinder, it's where the trichomes fall, collect, and you mix it in with a joint, a bowl, gives it some extra kick. 
Uh, speaking of that, I put uh, from original stash their click. Uh, I put that uh, distillate on top of a joint, and then I sprinkle some keef or dusties on it. Uh, and it's a powerful joint. Uh, I call it the moonshot because you're you're going to go to the moon. It's it's definitely not for beginners, and it's definitely not something you should do if you have, um, you know, if you need to be driving anywhere at all that day because it uh, the high certainly lasts for quite a while. But if you have nothing to do, and you're experienced, uh, check it out. Uh, use a little bit of the dusties. Now, feminized is the basically the best part of the plant comes from the feminized side. You get feminized plants from seeds that have been carefully bred to produce solely female plants. Female plants are the only ones to produce flower. Of course, you need male plants to breed, but you want female seeds, female plants, because that's where most of the cannabinoids are located. Feminized seeds makes things so much easier for growers, especially home growers. Uh, you know, first timers, you're not growing a male seed, and then you're like, oh well, that was a, a bit of a waste. If you're, you know, if you're you if you want to grow a male plant because you want to breed, that's fine. But if you want to grow and get some weed, you want to make sure you have feminized seeds. So the term feminized, just think of the best parts. You know, that's why it's nicknamed Mary Jane, man, because the best parts of the plant. Uh, come from the feminine side, the female side of uh, the plant. So that is your uh, weed words of the day here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. Alrighty, that is going to wrap things up for us on this episode, well, at least our number one of episode uh, number 90. Big thanks to uh, David Wiley and Malcolm LaBelle for joining us and of course you uh, the listener and the viewer for being a part of the program uh, hopefully you watched it either on our youtube or social media channels or you listen to it wherever you did please subscribe leave us a review please let us know what you think of the show uh, always looking for feedback and drop us a line at any point and uh Give us your feedback and chime in on any of the things we talked about on the show and you'll be entered to win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Check out the Cannabis101podcast.ca and that's where you can uh, sign up for the Weed Weekly. Just click that green button, that green circle in the top right there and you are in the mix. You'll get the Weed Weekly every Friday in your inbox and you're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday as well. But it's only for subscribers, plus it's an easy way to keep it up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast. And if you would like to become a partner or if you think you would make a great guest on the show, please email me, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Calm. Hour two on Wednesday features Dan Shapiro of Green Lane as our feature interview and Chris Ionson, regional manager of Plant Life Cannabis on Know Your Buds. I believe we're doing strawberry glue. You can find past episodes once again at cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're looking for more 
great content, check out podcastalley.ca. That's where I have a few other sports shows, uh, Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. We also have Fantasy Hockey Time with myself, a half-hour look at the fantasy hockey world. All right, that is going to wrap things up for hour number one. A big thanks to you for tuning in. Make sure you check out hour number two. It'll come out tomorrow morning, 4.20 a.m. Mountain Time. And check out the Relevant Vibe we have going on. Download the Relevant app. That's R-E-L-E-V-N-T. And check out the Cannabis 101 Podcast Vibe. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show. As we always do, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. See you later. Mm-hmm.